Welcome back to Low Definition, the game show podcast with no clever tagline. I'm Steve Lutz. I'm your host for some reason, and I'm joined today by this bunch of word-loving yahoos, whom I shall now list in order of play. By the way, order of play provided by random.org, random.org. We're totally not saving that list of hardcore porno titles you just randomized in a database along with your IP. We promise. First up, why it's Glenn Fleischman here to ruin another game show. Welcome, Glenn. Uh, what are things in the universe? Uh, Alex? Well, sand? <laughs> no? uh, armoires? Um, Donuts. Headphones. Donuts. Pooks. Raccoons. I could go on all day. Raccoons are leaders. Uh, You just heard him hailing from some island out in the Atlantic somewhere. It's Anthony Johnston. Hello, Anthony. Hi, Steve. So my first choice is an obscure Danish album from 1971, Mm. of which only three copies... Oh, wait, wrong part. Hi, Steve. Mm, No, I'm afraid Jason already picked that earlier. Yeah, I did. Speaking of which, still chasing the dragon from that fluke first game win, here's Jason Snell. Hello, Jason. I think technically Dan and I tied last time, but sure, Well, that's a tie, Jason. That's not a win. That's true. That's true. I'm, uh, but I, I was not defeated. Dan's not here. Take Hi. the win. It's good to you be here. You want to taste that sweet, sweet victory again. That's why you're back. Oh, yeah, but Dan's not here, so it's not going to happen. Ah, <laughs> sad. Don't you have any degenerate gambler friends? A push is a win. Mm. Wow. <laughs> also, back for more and fortified by her recent viewing of Barefoot Blood Party, it's Tiffany oh. Arment. Welcome <laughs> back, Tiff. <laughs> it has. It's breathed new life into my soul. Yes, as it has us all. Uh, court-appointed representative of Canada, Erica Ensign, is also with us. Good Molson, Erica. <laughs> Good Molson to you. That is a traditional Canadian greeting, am I right? Uh, in certain classes, yes. Uh, oh, those certain who can classes. Afford it, say something else. Oh my, wizard and rogue only. <laughs> and also Brian Hamilton. Moving along. No, I'm, I'm just Josh. And you welcome back, Brian. Welcome back. I uh, should I roll initiative now, or what do I do? Uh, you just sit there and we talk about the rules. Mark the dictionary as your quarry. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, let's see. The rules to low definition, well, it goes as follows. Uh, I'm going to give you a word. It is a real word, as far as I can tell. I looked it up in uh, some reference source or other on the internet, so it must be real. Mm. Uh, (laughs) uh, I will give you the word, I will spell the word, and then you will send me a definition for that word. If you know the real definition for the word, you send me that. If you don't, you send me a fake definition that you think is going to fool the other players. Uh, Then I will read all the definitions aloud, and each person will have an opportunity to guess which is the correct definition. Then we hand out points. Uh, You get three points if you actually know the meaning of the word. You get one point for everybody that you fool with your fake definition. And you get two points if you correctly guess the right definition from the ones that were submitted uh, and if nobody guesses the correct definition, then I, and I'm not sure why we continue to do this because it's really dumb, I get six points. <laughs> I think you just answered the own question, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Dumb is kind of our, it's our, our byword here on low definition. So uh, you don't want to do that three times because then you all lose and I win and, uh, and then it will be sad. Let's be honest, nobody wins. <laughs> Oh, and uh, and by the way, we play to 18, as was established long ago in the <laughs> lyrics of the Canadian National Anthem, mm-hmm. so that's what we do. Yeah, but we've changed those lyrics so many times, you guys. Yeah, I know. I think it's still in the, in the French version, right? <laughs> Probably. I, I don't know French, so I'm just going to say yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah. Okay, so that's how we play. Let's go ahead and get started. Our first round word... I like to uh, kind of start off with an easy one just to kind of get y'all warmed up. The first round word is 
Nephilococcygia. <laughs> Nephilococcygia. N e p h e l o c o c c y g i a. Nephilococcygia. Send me your definitions for nephilococcygia now. Do I have to? <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. Okay. <laughs> wow. Fast on the draw is Brian Hamilton. As you were spelling the word, I was able to get it into you. It's almost like he pre-wrote definitions and just is randomly assigning them to words as they come up. <laughs> if only I had that much foresight in the rest of my life. An entirely possible way to play this game, by the way. <laughs> Although your odds of lucking into the correct definition are pretty poor. <laughs> okay, all the definitions are in for Nephilococcygia. I will read them now, and I'm going to point out right now that there will be one fewer definition than normal because what? two people... Two, two people... It's not because somebody got the right answer. It is because oh, okay. two people wrote almost exactly the same thing for their definition. So I'm going to combine <laughs> them. If somebody happens to guess that one, they each get a point. All right, all right. So, these are the definitions for nephilococcygia. A rare medical condition in which the kidney becomes detached and enters the colon, not the semicolon. <laughs> a kidney disease that manifests as lower back pain. Those weren't the two that were identical? <laughs> <laughs> they were not. Wow. Identical. An incurable degenerative condition of the lower spine. A bacterial infection of the nasal passage. I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> yes. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> so you guys need to see a doctor. The act of finding familiar shapes in clouds. <laughs> if you can see too many shapes in the clouds, please consult your doctor. And a disorder of the brain in which the cerebellum process input processes input from the left side of the body only. Those are your options for nephilococcygia. We will start with Glenn. Glenn, you're up first. Which one of those do you think is the correct definition? Well, I've had every one of those conditions, so it's really difficult to choose among them. <laughs> wow, you are a mess. I'm a, I'm a mess. <laughs> I, uh, I think I'm going to go with uh, a, is it a kidney disease that manifests as low <laughs> It's the one that's a pain. disease of some kind. Is <laughs> that the one we're going back? for? <laughs> one of those disease ones. I think it's the lower back pain kidney thing. Lower back pain kidney. The kidney disease that manifests as lower back pain? I'm going with that. Okay. Anthony, what do you think? Uh, what was the nasal one? The nasal one was a bacterial infection of the nasal passage. I'm going to go for that. Okay. Yeah. All right, Jason. Uh, I'm going to go with the old kidney in the colon. <laughs> Kidney in the colon. <laughs> he called it. Now he's going to run the board. Jason calling upon my love for colons, thinking perhaps that's why I picked this word. We'll find out. Tiff, what do you think? I'm going to piggyback on Jason here and then go with the colon one as well. Oh, piggybacking on the colon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't advise it. Not without use of a dental dam for safety. <laughs> dental dam. Erica, what do you think? Well, I'm going to piggyback on Anthony, then. I'm going with the, uh, the nasal cavity one. You are? Piggybacking. Okay. It's all about cavities. All right. And that leaves Brian. I... Oh, what were the last two that had nothing to do with diseases? Uh, there were... The last two were the act of finding familiar shapes in clouds. 
and a disorder of the brain in which the cerebellum processes, processes input from the left side of the body only. Oh, the last one was a disease. Okay, I'm going with uh, finding shapes in clouds because I'm pretty sure that's it. I thought about that, too. It is I thought about that, too. But then, then I thought one of them. I have heard the word for that, but I didn't think it was this word. I'm going to kick myself if it is that. Uh, well, you better start kicking yourself because no. that is the definition of oh, nephilococcidia. The act of finding familiar shapes in clouds. So I would drop my microphone and walk away, but that doesn't sound very... Jason, I'm not piggybacking (laughs) with you anymore. Don't don't do it. (laughs) All right, so let's go through the other ones. Uh, Jason and Tiff both thought that a rare medical condition in which the kidney becomes detached and enters the colon was the correct definition. Actually, that was Glenn's colon that you were piggybacking on. Thank you. My colon feels much happier. Glenn thought it was a kidney disease that manifests as lower back pain. That was Jason's answer. Hi. You can be my Dan this time. <laughs> okay. Trade off. Anthony and Erica, meanwhile, both thought that it was a bacterial infection of the nasal passage. That was actually Tiff and Brian's answer both. Oh. <laughs> wow. Those were, wow. That's so random. Wow. We both had nasal cavities. Exceedingly well, we similar. Nasal cavities, <laughs> one set of virus, one set of bacterial infection. I thought, eh. So I, I gathered them both together. But you guys both got points for those. So congratulations to you for that. Wow. Wait, so so Brian got points for getting it right and getting it wrong. Mm-hmm. Brian for getting it right and for someone else getting it wrong. That's amazing. Well, welcome to low definition. Yeah, yeah that's how it works, Glenn. That's, that's how it works. <laughs> so after that first round, our leader is Brian with four. Boo. In second place, tied, it's Glenn and Tiff with two each. Yay. And Jason also has a point. Yay. (laughs) On the board. Boom. Anthony, Eric, and I still have nothing, but the game is young. Wah, 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 wah. All right. On to round two. Round two is a listener word. Hooray! This word was submitted by a listener. It's very exciting. We actually got, this time we got 14 words submitted from nine different listeners. Wow. Cool. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. You guys are awesome. Thanks for doing the work for us. This one is from listener James. James with a Y thrown in for good measure, because (laughs) why not? Why not? How very Metallica. Word for round two is Homerkin. Homerkin, H-O-M-E-R-K-I-N. Homerkin. Art Simpson, done. <laughs> Please send me your definitions for Homerkin now. H-O-M-E-R-K-I-N. Ho-merkin. Ho-merkin. <laughs> <laughs> that changes everything. Wow. I can't stop thinking about Homerkin. Which I believe actually was the original use for those, wasn't it? That's uh, influencing my word choice, but now, now not. <laughs> Merkin is the best word in the English language, Steve. You know it. It's a pretty great word. Yeah. Not as great as the object itself, but it comes close. It's pretty profitable to make Well, them. I just like the fact that there was a necessity for it more than the word. Well, lice was the necessity for it. Exactly. So it's not really that great. No, it had a necessity for the word to exist. Oh, well, sure. Yeah, one thing I've learned as, uh, as I've been finding words for this dumb game is that there's a good chance that maybe we've come up with too many words as a species. Like, maybe we should stop. <laughs> there are things we have no reason for to have a word for, and yet we do. I accidentally just send my definition to a friend of mine in a text message instead of Steve, so... He gets a point. What? Very confused. <laughs> Who are you calling a homework in? <laughs> <laughs> Would you call me? 
The sad thing is this word looks and sounds so familiar. I'm pretty sure I'm going to recognize the actual de- definition and kick myself as soon as you read it. But right now, I cannot come up with anything useful. Welcome to Low Definition. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I feel like I've been here before. Okay, all of the definitions are in for Homerkin. Let's see what they are, shall we? Homerkin. A species of brightly feathered tropical bird. An outdated measurement for liquid, most commonly beer. A tunic made from roughly spun natural fiber, such as wool. A mythical tiny man who in many cultures' stories hides objects while people sleep. Hello! (laughs) We just had a visit from a homerican. A term for a forest of new growth after a fire. Referring to a Scottish extended family, semicolon, a clan, and a large bowl for displaying fruits in a living room. Cannot use a homerican to display fruits in a kitchen. It is not allowed. Well, then it would be called something different. That feels like way too many definitions for the people Those we have here. Are the definitions <laughs> for homerican. It's right. Oh, it's just up to you wow. guys to figure out which one is the real one. So... Being that it's round two, let's start wow. with Anthony. Anthony, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> you can you can call for a repeat if you want. It's, it's, I think there are way too many definitions there. You um, want me to go through them again quickly? No, no. Okay. Uh, no, please, God. <laughs> no, no, for God's sake. For the love of God. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I am so tempted by the little man, but it makes me think of... <laughs> I'm always tempted by the little man, especially on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Don't do what he says, Anthony. <laughs> Is he telling you to burn everything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of, um, uh, there's a character in Turvey Jonsson's Moomins uh, that is called like Snuffkin or something. Uh, I think that's why it's, you know, sort of uh, why that one's sticking in my mind. So, but no, I, I am going to go with the measurement of beer, I think. Okay. I don't think it's right. But it, well, then what I the hell are you picking it for? Because <laughs> I don't think any of the others are right either. None of them sound right to me. So well, you, you can know. pick Welcome none. To low definition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just throw your hands up and pass and get no points. No, I'll throw my hands up and select, you know, something at right. I'm going to have a, a what, a one in eight chance or something? Uh, it's one in seven. seven. Much right. better. That's, yeah, that's my strong better. point. All right, Jason, uh, what do you think a homerkin is? I am going to listen to the mythical tiny man. Listen to the tiny man. Well, hear what he says. Bring back my socks, you. <laughs> Burn everything. He would just take one sock. That's mm-hmm. They're mischievous like that. Tiff, what do you think? I'm going to go with the tunic. Uh, uh, yeah. Tunic. Tunic, tunic. Good one. You got it. Erica. Uh, back where, where I come from, originally, we had a, a myth about these little little people called the haunchies, and I'm just going to decide that Homerkin is just another name for a haunchie, so I'm going with the little man. The little man. Go, Go with the little man. The little man. That little. Sing us a song, you're the little man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay then, Brian. Uh, I am tempted by the tunic, so I'm going with the tunic. A lot of temptation this morning. <laughs> tunic temptation. Tunic. The last temptation of poops. Tunictation. Tunictation. An- another name for diehard, by the way. Um, okay, Glenn. <laughs> Man, this is just uh, this is a good one. It's a good one. Thanks, I, Glenn. I uh, I'm going with tunic. Really, you need to thank listener James for that. I, listener James with a Y. It's very nice with a Y. Uh, I'm going with tunic. 
if all you people are wrong about the tunic, somebody is going to make out like a bandit. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, really? <sighs> Throw out words like tunic. How could you resist? <laughs> <laughs> I would like it to be large bowl for display. Note to self, put tunic in every definition from here on in. It's <laughs> yeah. like fjord. Like you say fjord, you have to vote for that one. <laughs> yes, and the person who's making out like a bandit today is Erica Ensign. She, oh, whoa. she wrote sure a tunic made ever. from roughly spun natural fibers such as wool. That was guessed by Tiff, Brian, and Glenn. So three oh. points for Erica I was suspecting you. I was. Ooh. Yes, I, I am the kind of person who uses the word tunic. <laughs> I have many a tunic. <laughs> now Neither, we have a one-nick. We've had several definitions that involve roughly spun natural fiber. I'm just <laughs> saying. <laughs> That's true. I am suspicious of the, the homemade... I uh, think 10% of the English well, language is about words that relate to roughly spun natural fiber, however. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very pre- pretty confident that's not true. Exactly. Exactly. It's true. Beer or uh, neither Erica nor Jason got any points for guessing that a Homerican was a mythical tiny man, because that was Glenn's answer. Oh, I got a tiny oh. man, and he's right here. Glenn is our <laughs> mythical tiny man. <laughs> Antony, though, thought that it was an outdated measurement for liquid, most commonly beer. That is, in fact, a homerkin. Oh, that was so pandering wow. to Steve. Oh, nice. that, that, oh the definition pander, pandered to Steve. Well done, James the Y. After all. <laughs> the definition pander. You're right. That is why I picked that one. <laughs> That's good. It said beer, so I immediately gravitated towards it. I, ironically, I don't drink beer. What? Can't stand the stuff. Well, you you're, you're, Yet another you, reason then. that you're going to get <laughs> deported from England. I, I'm a liquor man. Hmm. Cider? Uh, that's all right. Here, here. Cheers, my friend. Uh, who said cider? You Liquor, s- man. I hardly know her, man. Yay. Way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So after round two, here's how it stands. We have a tie for first. Brian and Glenn each have four points. Yes. Uh, behind them is Erica with three. Oh, my God. This is the, this is the best I've ever done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nicely <laughs> done. You're out to a good, a good fast start. Keep it up. Uh, Anthony and Tiff are right behind her with two points each. Jason has one point. Well, I've one. got nothing. Uh, how many points did the little man get, though? How many points? He's tiny. How many points did the little man get? He gets, well. Uh, <laughs> uh, he got two points. <laughs> two people guessed the little man. Unless you're asking something. Are you hitting on me, Glenn? I like that little man. (laughs) Let's move on to round three. Uh, Round three, let's do something a little different. It's a round I'm going to call five, seven, question mark. (laughs) Okay. You all are are no doubt familiar with the Japanese poetic form known as haiku. Yes. Mm. Uh, for those of our listeners who have, who may have missed that day in the third grade, a haiku is a short, or the third form, whatever you call it over there, uh, Anthony. A haiku is a short poem, usually composed of three lines, the first with five syllables, the second seven, the third five. Something which we never studied in school, I should add. Well, you did not? Strange, no, what a strange assumption to make. They did limericks, of course. Oh, we did poetry. <laughs> uh, we did like a brief poetry uh, unit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in which yep, haiku so was included. Maybe it's a U.S. thing. It might be, and uh, and that is why well, we are Japanese, a isn't it? Economic powerhouse. <laughs> hey, uh, as an example, here is a haiku I wrote about the classic 1970s sitcom Three's Company. <laughs> <laughs> All things considered, Jack is probably best off with greedy Gretchen. So there's your example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you the first two lines of a famous haiku from the Zen philosopher and haiku master, Basho. Yeah. Your job is to fill in the last line. By the way, 
Oh, this is translated from Japanese, and so it may not match the 575 syllable count, but it's going to be close. So here are the first two lines. Why so scrawny, cat? Starving for fat fish or mice? And then you fill in the last line. You're a brilliant bastard. <laughs> so fill in that blank for me now. Wow. This show is get, getting weirder all the time, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going for a complete lunacy. When did Basho live? Can I ask that? A long time ago. <laughs> Before time. No cell phones. 17th century? You wouldn't give Maybe? the cat something to swipe like a telephone. Okay. I was at a game developer's studio uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, they had a lovely haiku on the wall. Uh, a haiku to testing. It was, bug, 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 bug. New build, all should be fixed. Bug, 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 bug. <laughs> that doesn't speak highly of that particular team, though. <laughs> While we wait, here's another Three's Company haiku I wrote. <laughs> no Larry spinoff? It is the universe's greatest mystery. No, no Larry fans in the audience, huh? I saw him in a production of uh, Wicked, the actor. Of Wicked? Wicked. It's, oh. it's a musical about witches. Oh, uh, I'm supposed to send it to you, aren't I? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I got it. It you uh, you were sending your vibes, your haiku yeah. vibes bug, from bug, across the bug, pond. Bug, 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 bug. <laughs> I, I can't concentrate. <laughs> ah! <laughs> if you're concentrating, I'm trying you're to create here. You're doing it wrong. Here, I got a threes company haiku. I just wrote for you, Steve. <laughs> Come knock on our door. We are waiting for you here. One and one and one. There you go. Lovely. Or something. <laughs> That'll be a uh, Tumblr in the past. It'll be uh, TV, <laughs> TV theme songs reinterpreted as haikus. I'm sure there is one, actually. It'd have to be haiku theme songs dot Tumblr. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's rule 38 or 39 or something. I was just about to invite listeners to tweet uh, haikus about Glenn at, uh, at Glenn, but uh, of course he's not on Twitter, is he? I'm not listening, la la la. <laughs> hey, Steve. <laughs> yes, sir. I may return. I may Mr. Return. Roper is not living downstairs anymore. Ralph Furley, Esquire. Ooh. Wow. That's mine. You just, you just pulled that one out? Uh, no, I, I wrote that many years ago and committed it to memory, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> On the day that Don Knotts took over in fourth grade in three's or company, I thought I will compose a haiku. Well, it coincided with that unit in my fourth grade class, waiting, you see. So I, I was constructing. I constructed a memorial haiku for Mr. Roper. Nice. Jason has been waiting all this time for an opportunity. Finally, my moment came. Uh, yep. <laughs> Punching the air. I find Janet gross. But back in the 70s, I guess I'd hit that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's I'm a curse. Shaming. It's a curse. All right. All of the answers are in. Uh, Thank God. Wow. Yeah. I supposed to change mine to something featuring raccoons. <laughs> something <laughs> featuring <laughs> raccoons. That's always a good move in this game. All right. You are supposed to supply the last line to this haiku. Why so scrawny, cat? Starving for fat fish or mice? And these are the lines that you sent me. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> wait, is the, is the real line going to be among these as well? No, I've decided not to put the real line in there. <laughs> Just checking. Just to screw with you. So here are the lines. 
Just sharpen your claws. Your fur will warm you. Contemplate your life. (laughs) 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 That that really, that never, that's, that does not fit at all with haiku. (laughs) Oh, I want to change mine to all your choices are wrong. All your base of a lot, no. (laughs) Moving along. Golf applause. Eat your rice with me. Eat what is found there. Or backyard love. (laughs) Is sleeping all day unwise? And uh, that's it. Those are the the lines submitted and the real line that completes that haiku. So, uh, let's start with Jason. Jason, which one of those is the real Basho line from the classic haiku? (laughs) I'm going to say, is sleeping all day unwise? Very good. Tiff. Can you, what was the one with the rice again? Uh, eat your rice with me. I'm going to go with the sleeping. Sleeping all day. Uh, Erica. I, I was between those two, but I'm going to go with the rice one. Eat your rice with me. Okay, Brian, what do you think? I'm going with, is sleeping all day unwise? Okay. Is sleeping all day unwise? I would say no. I did it yesterday, and I think I'm fine. Had I done that, I wouldn't be here now. Mm. <laughs> I think all of us are discovering just how wise it is. If you sleep all day, your children will be starving for fat fish and mice. <laughs> you feed your kids mice? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, they crave mice anyway. Before you get yourself into trouble, uh, why don't you tell me what you think the answer is, Claire? <laughs> just sharpen your claws. The raccoon answer, of course. It's either a honeypot <laughs> for me or it's the right answer. <laughs> and Anthony, what do you think? Oh, God. Um, I'm going to go with the fur. Fur will warm you. Your fur will warm you. Alrighty because, then. you know, a lot of those old Zenko ones are actually quite callous. Ooh, can, can, can we change our answer? <laughs> Ooh, no, I'm afraid not. Not, not, uh, not when somebody has already uh, gone after you, I'm afraid. All right. I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you probably were saying that about three seconds after we started this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so all the uh, guesses are in. Let's see which one is correct. Uh, Glenn thought the correct line was just sharpen your claws. It was not. That was Jason's answer. Oh, okay, Dan. Well, well done, Glenn. Well done. Meanwhile, Anthony thought that uh, your fur will warm you was the way that haiku ends. It was not. That was Tiff's answer. Uh, Tiff, you callous person. <laughs> <laughs> at least she's warm and fuzzy with her fur. Erica went with, eat your rice with me. That was Glenn's contribution. And nonsensical. (laughs) Jason, Tiff, and Brian all thought, is sleeping all day unwise was the way that haiku ends. Nope, that was Erica's answer. Wow. So it was unwise. It's not five syllables, right? Well, yeah, but that's Japanese. Translate gave everybody an out there. Question mark. That's exactly what I thought. It was a very good guess. However, you were all wrong. The haiku goes like this. Cue the uh, Japanese Shinto shrine music here, Jason. Okay. Shinto shrines are Japanese, right? I didn't yes. just horribly insult a bunch of Japanese people. <laughs> you did by saying the word, but it's okay. Oh, okay. Some nice shamisen music in the Cultural game. appropriation! Here we go. Why so scrawny, cat? Starving for fat fish or mice? Or backyard love? Wow! What? Wow! Who really? that one? We should have known <laughs> yeah. that that's the one Steve would pick. Backyard love? I mean, it makes sense now, right? <laughs> wow! 
No. So, yeah, that Basho was a crazy dude, man. You get up to that Zen stuff and you write weird poems. It's just it's how it goes. So, six points for me. Wow. Oh, man. This is unheard of. That puts me in a tie for first with... Uh, with Erica Ensign. Good job, Erica. Oh, great. So I finally get to be first, and I'm tied with Steve. And you're stuck in a tie with me. It won't last. <laughs> it won't last. Relax. Uh, Glenn is in second with, um, I guess you're technically you're in third. I'm going to see if I can figure out how to do the thing where you properly count who's third and whatsoever with ties. Let's see if, let's see if I can make that work. Third place is Glenn with five points. Uh, in fourth place with four, it's Brian. In fifth place with three points, it's Tiff. I only have three? Yeah. Oh, bummer. <laughs> <laughs> and taking up the rear with two points each, it's Anthony and Jason. Doubled my score. Yeah, I gave you one of those points, Tiff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thank you. I'd like to thank Glenn for both of my points. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. All right. Well, that was awful. Let's move on to round four. It's <laughs> awesome. It was fun, though. Mm-hmm. What's the crazy round? Is this the crazy round yet? No. No, it's not no. the crazy <laughs> round, Glenn. Glenn. Everybody knows the crazy round is not round four. No, oh. cool your jets, dude. That will be crazy. <laughs> Glenn is ruining the crazy round. Yay. As he does everything. This is just round four. And round four, the word that you will be giving me definitions for is kerple. Kerple. C-U-R-P-L-E. Kerple. Oh, I think I have Kerple Tunnel Syndrome. Uh, I knew that was coming. Hey. Mm-hmm. Send me your definitions for Kerple Gnau. Five, seven, question, question mark. mark. <laughs> 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 oh, we have fun. I have fun. They, to, to get that to match the, the um, syllable scheme, the translator should have said, or backyard lovin'. I thought about changing it, but then I thought that would be a horrible thing to do. <laughs> it's bad enough I'm shoehorning haiku into this format. Don't mash Without actually bash modifying the real poem. Basho bashing. Well, it's entirely possible that a different translator might go with lovin'. The thing is, before about 1800 in Europe, you know, forget Japan. I don't even know what the history is there. It's like everything was dirty. Everything. There was like no sensibility about things. And everyone swore and talked about private parts then something happened and people got shy that was dumb yes. that's i like to think of myself as a classical person for that yes very reason. you're more like a 1700 person i've always thought that about you steve classical that's i appreciate mm-hmm. that yes that is the word some of those letters <laughs> i'm not a lass <laughs> although i am in touch with my feminine side it's my left I hope you don't get that disease where you can only process the input from the left side. Uh, that would be terrible. Then I would lose track of my feminine side. I'll be able to see clouds. Turn super masculine. Not that anyone would notice. <laughs> I have a new strategy for coming up with definitions, but I'm not sure if I should tell anybody because I'm afraid it will give my answers away. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Oh, whatever. I don't care. I'm still going to tell you. I, uh, I'm looking around the room and, and basing it on the, the Lego setups that are all around oh. me. Oh, so it's a usual suspect situation. Mm-hmm, exactly, <laughs> exactly. A Kobayashi. But if you knew just how much of like random crazy Lego stuff was in this room, it's it's less helpful than you might think to know that. Oh, I'm supposed to send it to you. On. <laughs> <laughs> this is the low definition version of I forgot to mark him as my quarry. Yeah. <laughs> I keep t- typing it and think, oh, that's quite good. Oh, I need to send it to Steve. <laughs> I keep thinking we're going to read them out, but that kind of defeats the point. 
I'm having a, a much easier time coming up with joke definitions that are obviously wrong than ones that people might actually guess. Well, that's uh, that's good for the listeners. Sometimes the jokiest sounding definitions actually work. I know, that's the reverse psychology aspect of low definition. Backyard loving. Backyard loving. <laughs> Backyard loving! That was a poison song, right? If not, it should have been. Yeah, it really should have. <laughs> All of the definitions are in for purple. Let's hear what they are, shall we? Well, shall we? Yes. <laughs> I suppose. How right. shall are we? How shall is it? No. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What the heck? I'll read them. Here we go. Kerpel. The hindquarters or rump of a horse. <laughs> what, you think that's funny, Glenn? <laughs> no, no, not at all. I'm just picturing it. A whisk found in medieval kitchens. A type of sledgehammer used for knocking through brick or stone. The lockable clasp of an Elizabethan lady's wardrobe. An adjective for neon. The apex point of a gabled roof. Or a geometric pattern matching shapes and colors. Kerple. One of those is right. Which one is it? Tiff, what do you think? I'm going with gabled roof. All right. Erica. I'm going to go with the... Mm, I'm going to go with the gabled roof as well. I was thinking about the whisk, but I like the roof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Where is she? She's up on the roof. Okay. Uh, Brian, what do you think? I'm a fan of the sledgehammer. <laughs> Trust me. I know what I'm doing. Big Peter Gabriel. Different sledgehammers. Yep. Glenn, what is the definition for Kerpel? Whisk just seems already like a weird enough word, like another word for whisk. Do we need another word for whisk? <laughs> yes, yeah, the English language doesn't have enough words. It's, it's yeah. like, there's a bit in Portnoy's complaint in which the main character thinks the word spatula is Yiddish, so he won't say it in class because he's embarrassed. It reminds me of that. Uh, I think I'm going to go with hindquarters of a horse because that's, you know, my favorite one. <laughs> I can't go better. Okay, Anthony. Uh, I am going to join Tiff and Erica on the roof. Okay. Welcome. Don't jump. Nice view from up here. <laughs> Don't jump. It's not a that place bad. to have a drink. They always jump. The game will end soon. I promise. Don't do it. <laughs> Please pass over a homerkin of of beer. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, what do you think a kerpel is? Uh, I have no idea, but I'm going to guess a uh, geometric pattern matching shapes and colors. Okay. Too many people on the roof seems unsafe. <laughs> Too many people yeah, on the kerpel. It does. It really does. It's a bad idea. Everybody knows that a kerpel is a color that can only be seen by dogs. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, that's great. All right, let's start with that one then. Uh, the geometric pattern matching shapes and colors. Jason thought that was a kerpel. Nope, that was Tiff's answer. Uh, I was going for the game from the game Corporal. Corporal? Quirkle? Quirkle. Sure. Quirkle. Oh, I love yeah. Quirkle. That's a good game. Brian thought a kerpel was a type of sledgehammer used for knocking through brick or stone. That was, in fact, Erica's answer. Ooh, inspired by the uh, Lego construction set to my left. Oh, <laughs> excellent. Switch them up. Three people thought that a kerpel was the apex point of a gabled roof. That would be Tiff, Erica, and Anthony. But in fact, that was Glenn's submission. <gasps> oh, Glenn. good one. Three Glenn. points for Glenn. It just Chucking words like gable. I mean, come on. Yeah. Speaking of Glenn, Glenn thought that a kerpel was a horse's ass. <laughs> well, I like to pick things that look like me. 
Glenn was right. A oh, Kerbal is the hindquarters or rump oh of a horse. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> That's impossible. Five really points for Glenn for that? in that round. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Wow, that was the one I knew was wrong. <laughs> was, I assumed it was amazing. amazing. It was the amazing. most yeah, Just dismiss that out of hand. Yeah. Oh, wow. So oh. after round four, <laughs> Glenn has a commanding lead with ten points. Jesus what is going Christ. on here? Oh, no. <laughs> no. This is the episode that Glenn ruins by winning. <laughs> it had to happen sometime, right? Yeah. Oh, man. In second with this. seven points, it's Erica. Uh, in third with six, it's me. I'm still in there. Woohoo! Uh, in fourth with four points each, it's Tiff and Brian. And yeah. tied for sixth with two points, Anthony and Jason. Dan, come back, Dan. Come back. <laughs> I'm a poor substitute for Dan, it would seem. All right, this is round five. Hey, round five, how you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you doing, Steve? Oh, I'm all right. Jeez. You got a homicin in there, Steve. <laughs> round five is a very friendly round. Sounds sort of like a cowboy. <laughs> Not a robot cowboy, though. No. Round five. Round five is something I'm going to call Florida Man. <laughs> oh, boy. Florida Man. You probably aren't familiar with Florida Man, Anthony. But, no, I'm uh, very familiar with oh, Florida Man. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, Florida yeah, Man, yeah. is a, he's a legendary figure who's always yeah. making the news for getting up to some sort of tomfoolery. Florida Man, take a look at my life. <laughs> there are shenanigans afoot. <laughs> Say having marital relations with an alligator or smoking bath salts and eating another man's face, it's a safe bet that Florida Man is on the scene. Here's how this round works. I'm going to give you guys the basic details surrounding one of Florida Man's wacky escapades. You tell me just exactly what kind of crazy crap he did. So, according to NBC Channel 6 in Miami, on October 1st, 2011, Florida Man was arrested for driving under the influence in the parking lot of a Taco Bell in Jensen Beach, Florida. What was it that Florida Man did that tipped police off that he might have been a wee bit intoxicated? Send me whatever this is <laughs> now. <laughs> It just gets dumber and dumber. <laughs> the, my favorite Canada Man story was the man driving the wrong way down a road in Canada, in like a, a residential neighborhood, very slowly at like 2 a.m. with his laptop open, his pants down, using someone's Wi-Fi to view child pornography. That is like the, I'm not sure how many different things were wrong in that one story. <laughs> oh, wow. Anthony, don't forget to send your thing. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> he I, actually sent that time. moments oh, okay. before. <laughs> yeah, no, right. Just checking. <laughs> now I have Sledgehammer by Peter, Peter Gabriel stuck in my head, but I guess it's my own fault. The cure for me is always if I start thinking of Elvis Costello's Mighty Like a Rose, for some reason that is like the earworm cure. It knocks the earworm out. For me, it's the Meow Mix commercial. Oh, oh my God, what's wrong with you? It's terrible. <laughs> I love it, and it never really gets terribly stuck in my head. Oh, my God. I learned so <laughs> the sad much thing is, I, I usually have to actually sing it out loud for it to work. I won't subject you to that. All right, all the answers are in. Uh, so, let's find out why police thought that uh, Florida Man might have been a bit intoxicated on this particular occasion. Oh, and I do have to point something out. Uh, long-time listeners of Low Definition uh, will know that there is a column in my spreadsheet that just has a sad face on it. And that is the column that you put a number in if somebody gets the answer correct. And apparently Jason Snell is all too familiar with Florida Man. <laughs> oh, I know boy. Florida Man. I know Florida Man. 
I got him. I got him. I got him figured out. Are you familiar with this story, Jason, or did you just uh, no, guess I just this piece, one? No, I just pieced it together with the evidence at hand. All right. Wow. Well, well Gross. done on that. It's, it's not a perfect replication of what Florida Man did, but it's close enough. Woo. So three points to Jason for that. Well done. You're out of the cellar. Okay, so here are our other answers. Shooting his taco because it was, quote, trying to escape, unquote. <laughs> I want that to be true. He was naked and waving a scimitar out the window. <laughs> he was blasting NWA. He drove his ride-on lawnmower into the illuminated menu sign. <laughs> he passed out in the drive-thru, <laughs> then presented a taco to police when asked for ID. <laughs> or he put his dog in the driver's seat and said the dog had been driving. <laughs> so those are the answers for Florida Man. Every one of those, by the way, entirely possible in the state of Florida. It may have all happened simultaneously, right. in fact. Yeah. I like the, you didn't include the blind man who was driving and got pulled over. That was a good one. Well, the blind man was in the uh, passenger seat. The seeing eye dog was driving. That's <laughs> right. So, uh, first up, Erica, what do you think Florida Man was up to on this particular night? Uh, I am going to say he was riding his lawnmower. Okay. Drove it into the menu sign. Mm -hmm. Okay, Brian, what do you think? My vote is the puppy was driving. Or rather that okay. he thought the puppy was driving, not that it was actually driving. It, that one. <laughs> Dog related. Legal for dogs to drive in the state of Florida, by the way. That makes sense. That would explain a lot. Only if they're over 16. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, uh, what do you think? I like uh, Taco ID. Taco, <laughs> taco ID. to the police and ask for ID. ID. Anthony. Uh, I, forgive me once again, I'm going to join Erica on the lawnmower this time. Um, <laughs> it's a two-seater, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Tandem lawn mowing. Do they make two-seat lawn mowers? Oh, yeah. In Florida. Backyard loving. <laughs> wow. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah, wipe down that seat afterwards. Tiff, what do you think? I'm going to go with the dog driving. Dog driving. All right. Well, let's start with that one then. Tiff and Brian both thought that Florida man put his dog in the driver's seat and said the dog had been driving. Actually, Glenn came up with that one. <laughs> I've heard that story before. I believe it's true in another Florida man case, but not this That's one. That's quite Tracy. possible, but not in this specific case on October 1st, 2011. That's right. Uh, Erica and Anthony both thought that he drove his ride-on lawnmower into the illuminated menu sign. That was Tiff's answer. No. <laughs> People have a good lawnmower story. Glenn, on the other hand, thought that Florida man, in this case, passed out in the drive-thru, <laughs> then presented a taco to police when asked for his ID. Please be true. Please be true. That's true. Yep. He did, ah! in fact, oh, hand okay. a taco to the police wow. when they requested his ID. By the way, on this particular instance, he also set his car on fire by falling asleep <laughs> with his foot on the accelerator. <laughs> wow. Told deputies that he'd had a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't say how big it was. There you go. Florida man, people. Yep. He's a legend. So, after that cuckoo round, oh my god, Glenn is within striking distance. After round five with 14 points. What? Wow. <laughs> what are you doing, Glenn? I don't know. Stop it. <laughs> Some distance behind him with seven points, it's Erica. Uh, tied for third with six points each, it's me and Tiff. 
Uh, in fifth, with five points, it's Jason. Hey. In sixth, with four, it's Brian. And in seventh, two points, Anthony Johnston. It's cold. <laughs> it's a little, little unfair to present the guy from England with a uh, Florida man question. No, to be fair, I know a lot of people from Florida, and I've read many Florida man stories, so I have only myself to blame there. Well, then, it's all your fault. <laughs> I, I will note that all the people I know from Florida left. <laughs> I only ever heard of Florida Man two days ago, so I feel really? like... Really? Wow. <laughs> I just, and, and that's only because there was an article, uh, Michigan tried to get in on the action and did an article of Michigan Man stories based off of the Florida Man. Oh, thing. man, what a ripoff. Mm-hmm. So that, Michigan. By the way, the logic here is he was arrested for DUI in the parking lot, <laughs> and I thought, what would you? How would you be driving under the influence in a parking lot? And I thought, well, you could do something like park at the drive-through and pass out. Oh my god! And that's what Florida Man did. That is what he did. He got his taco first, though, and then fell asleep. <laughs> Even more amazing is that he actually got the taco. Yeah, I just wow. love the idea of handing it to the police. It says Florida man right on Sir, it. Come on, man. This is not an ID. This is a, this is cheese and shredded lettuce. Well, my name is cheese and lettuce. It's, and ground it's who beef. I am, man. It's who I am. Sir, we only accept chalupas ground as something. IDs. <laughs> this is a crunchy taco. Yeah. All right. On to wow. round. What? Whoa. Round six? It's Whoa. the crazy Whoa. round. Whoa. Wow. This round is so crazy. Anything could happen here, guys. So mm. be ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. No. Excellent. I guess. I'm ready. The word for round six is eucalagon. Eucalagon. Take me away. U-C-A-L-E-G-O-N. Eucalagon. That's where I went to college. I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right on the border of uh, California and Oregon. Eucalagon. It's uh, in the town in California. To like, Named yeah, after the Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters character, him. Egon Oh my god, Eucalagon. Where'd you go to? I well, I Big fan of Ghostbusters, they are at Egon. <laughs> they I know are. a major in Ghostbusters, Eucalagon. Please send me your definitions for Eucalagon now. Eucalagon's arch rival is Spengler State. <laughs> Just across the river. Spengler State. That is a vicious rivalry, too. <laughs> Waiting for definitions. <laughs> Glenn is going to ruin the game. Yeah. By <laughs> beating it in time. six rounds. That might be, you might have the earliest win mm. if you can pull that off. Yeah. Glenn. Nobody's won in, in the crazy round, Steve. Yes, that That's would be never wow. That would be the craziest thing ever. It really would be super crazy. What I've learned is that since Glenn went off Twitter, uh, we all who know him are now bearing the brunt of all of his jokes because <laughs> he has no other outlet. Yeah. We already <laughs> were. What are you talking about? It's not like he spared us when he was dumping on Twitter, too. All I know is I'm booked on three game shows in a row, so there you go. That's why I'm using my extra time. <laughs> do, 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 do. You Caligon, take me away. Sorry, that was me. <laughs> oh, I thought <laughs> I was positive it was Glenn. Glenn and I have the same wheezing laugh, sorry. It's true. You should be. Wheezy! <laughs> there you go, see, that was Glenn. Are you okay, Glenn? Or somebody else. <laughs> it, it's, it's like the Muttley in stereo. Muttley, yeah, yeah. Oh, Muttley, yeah. that's right, yeah. That's Scooby-Doo's. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah. god, that was, oh, that was terrible. Oh, yikes, Scoob. Oh, yikes, Scoob. <laughs> <laughs> my glasses. 
I can't see without my glasses. Wow, it's like Velma's in the room with me. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine, everybody. That's my Fred. Hey. Solid Jinkies. Fred. Okay, first person to do Captain Caveman gets a cookie. <laughs> Captain Caveman! Wow. That's all I know. <laughs> that's, all, that's all he ever said, wasn't it? I think so. Hanna-Barbera was completely insane. All right, all the definitions are in for Eucalagon. Let's hear what they are. Eucalagon, a medical tool used in open-heart surgery. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the small, less tasty precursor of the modern chicken. <laughs> You're not going to trick me with your chicken definitions anymore. <laughs> Quite a judgment call in there. I'm not sure how I feel about that one. less tasty bit than me. Also, also small, because every low-definition definition must have a size attached to it. I'm surprised there is no semicolon in there. It's not one of those chickens with outdated views, either. It's a modern chicken. Yeah. Eucalagon. A neighbor whose house is on fire. What do you need a name for that? An outcropping of rock bordering a fjord. <laughs> oh, fjords. Fjord. Oh, <laughs> Shenanigans. No, no fjords. A geometric shape with the number of sides equal to a prime number. A rough-hewn Peruvian robe worn by priests. Rough-hewn. Okay, Erica, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> or a leafy plant ancient Egyptians cultivated on the banks of the Nile River. Those are your options for you, Caligon. Oh, my God. Brian, which one of those is do the a... real definition for you, Caligon? I'm going first. You are the one. <laughs> oh, you are the chosen God. one. Uh, God, I could use a little modern chicken right now. <laughs> New show on ABC. <laughs> um, There's a lot of stuffing in that show. People try to tell modern chicken what to do, but with modern chicken, there are no rules. <laughs> tell me extreme modern chicken! <laughs> there he is. There he is. There he is. <laughs> Brian, help. Uh, <laughs> um, it's, um, you know what? I think it's... No, it can't be. That has to be Eric. No, it... <laughs> <laughs> I like how I have a recognition now. Whichever one um, was like the the right one uh, woven <laughs> the the one that was the article of clothing the rough hewn Peruvian robe worn by priests yeah let's let's do that let's do that one all right let's do if that Erica one. pulls out her tunic again I swear Glenn I'm going with an out no wait I can't do that because it's got fjord in it never mind <laughs> it's got fjord in it's it. got it's fjord delicious. in it Tiffany uh, <laughs> you got your fjord in my modern chicken you got your modern chicken in my fjord. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going for geometric shape. Geometric shape for Glenn. Okay. Anthony. Oh, where is your God now? Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm I'm torn between the geometric shape or actually the, the medical instrument because they're the only two that don't sound insane. <laughs> um <sighs> I'm going to go for the geometric shape. I'll, I'll go with Glenn. Okay. Next up, Jason. Jason, what do you think? Um, the word uh, is eucalygon. Is it? Yeah. Oh. thought you might have forgotten. Interesting. Hmm? Um, 
I'm going to say the leafy plant cultivated by ancient Egyptians. Ancient Egyptians. Not the modern Egyptians no. of today. The, <laughs> the small, less, tasty less tasting ancient Egyptians. <laughs> <laughs> Tiff, what do you think? Prime number one. Prime number one for Tiff. Okay. Geometric shape. <laughs> Raking in the votes. Less tasty Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> and Erica, what do you think of it's this nonsense? It's a crazy thing, the fact that you took out the real definition and just put an all terrible one. Uh, That's what it feels I like. can't tell you. We ruined the craziness of the crazy round. I can't believe we have rough-hewn clothing and fjords, both. <laughs> <laughs> I hate these all. The coincidences are astounding. Uh, you know, just because I feel like somebody needs to pick it, I'm going to go with the chicken. Go with the chicken. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like it's at all correct, but I just I feel like I need to do that. Maybe it's because I'm hungry. Normally I would make a joke about going with the chicken, but <laughs> these modern chickens, they're totally cool with that. So, <laughs> All right, so... That was you, Caligon. Wow. That is like a grand chance of all of our tricks of doing <laughs> fake definitions. They were all in wow. there. Let's start with the one that everybody guessed. Glenn, Anthony, and Tiff all thought it was a geometric shape with the number of sides equal to a prime number. You'd think, I mean, gone, right? Like polygon. It totally mm -hmm. makes sense. So that was Jason. Yeah, that was me. That was Jason. Uh, that was Jason. Well done. Thank you. So Brian thought that it was a rough-hewn Peruvian robe worn by priests. God, I love these textile-based answers. These are... <laughs> That was actually Anthony's answer, so a point uh, for Anthony. Good job. Playing the Erica uh, definition yeah, there. It, it wasn't me. I was actually <laughs> tempted to pick that one. <laughs> Jason thought that a eucalygon was a leafy plant ancient Egyptians cultivated on the banks of the Nile River. Nope. Erica Ensign uh, wrote that. Uh, yes, inspired by the uh, Egyptian Lego set to my left. Okay. <laughs> Erica, on the other hand, thought that a eucalygon was <laughs> I the small, think it. less tasty precursor <laughs> of the modern chicken. That was Glenn's answer. Fuck! <laughs> oh my god. I was questioning how they would know it was less tasty. A eucalygon is, in fact, a neighbor whose house is on what fire. God? What? God's name. There is a word for that, and it is eucalygon. That's insane. Wow. Why? Oh my god. <laughs> no, wow. Steve, no, you Caligon. <gasps> no, you Caligon. No, you Caligon. No, you Caligon. All right, I'll Caligon. Uh, what's, what's the sense, what's the German word for when your neighbor's house is on fire and you feel good about it, though? <laughs> <laughs> you Caligondin fruit? Califroida. 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 Your neighbor's libertarian hasn't paid the fire department bill. All right, so Glenn doesn't win in that round, but I get six more points. This is exciting. Oh my gosh. You've got 12 oh, points. Dangerous. Wow. I can ruin this game. Name. Steve's one move away from winning. I'm within ruining distance. This is exciting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but Glenn still has the lead with 15 points. He's in first place. I'm in second with 12 points. Oh, man. Wow. Tied for third with eight points each, it's Jason and Erica. Uh, in fifth place with six points, it's Tiff. In sixth with four, it's Brian. And taking up the rear but making a move, he got a point that round, Anthony Johnston. Still cold. Three points. <laughs> Show. Let's move on to round seven, shall we? Yes. All right. Let's sure. do that. The us. word for round seven is Anglo-Helvetium. Anglo-Helvetium. A-N-G-L-O-H-E-L-V-E-T-I-U-M. Anglo-Helvetium. Please send me your definitions for Anglo-Helvetium now. Bold or italicized? 
<laughs> hey. Oh. I'm not going to answer that. Comic Sansium. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> boop, boop. One of these days, I'm going to set up a show where every word has something to do with natural woven fibers. <laughs> oh, please let me be on that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's right in your wheelhouse. It is. It's my perfect the, episode. Your textile zone. Mm-hmm. No semicolons in that round. That's the only thing we were missing. This has been a very uh, low semicolon game altogether. I've tossed one in at one point. You did. But nobody was, chose, I, and nobody chose it. A, a Scottish extended family, semicolon, a clan. Nobody, nobody bit. So semicolons are out of favor now. I guess so. I need to find more words that have semicolons in their definitions to uh, bring them back. Anglo Helvetium. Oh, Steve, I finally looked up the Feliz Navidad song uh, the other day. Oh, you did? we did the album draft, I Fantastic. finally looked it up. Because I, I, you know, I heard all the jokes and everything, but they, that means nothing to me. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh Vienna. Um, you poor bastard. Like, culturally, it means, and so I finally went and listened to the song, and wow. Yeah. It's great. You love that's it. That's a song. <laughs> I love that song. I don't care who knows it. <laughs> it makes me happy. The best part was that I went to a lyric video on YouTube and, you know, sort of took me a couple of... That's necessary. Yeah, a couple of verses before I was like, yeah, this is really isn't necessary at all, is it? <laughs> Just for the record, I do want to wish you a Merry Christmas. This is probably my worst definition ever. I had a lot of trouble with this. Also, lowest definition. <laughs> yes. I feel like somebody's going to guess the the actual definition just as a matter of uh, a chance. You better hope so, because I'm about to win this thing, dude. Yeah. Okay, everybody pick a different one just to just to. <laughs> this is the problem. Yeah. With There's been a lot of piggybacking yeah. going we could, on. We could I think block that's Steve problem. that way. That's true. No, well, I could get oh, uh, good, yeah. I could get four points. Yeah. Not if we spread yeah, it out could though. Hand the win out, to Glenn by trying to thwart me. Yeah, just everyone pick my definition, which I won't tell you. Yeah, but it'll be obvious because it'll be about raccoons. <laughs> All of the definitions are in for Anglo Helvetium. Here they are: an iron rod used as a lever in coal mining and open heart surgeries mm. <laughs> <laughs> on the banks of the Nile. A proposed name for the chemical element astatine. An English scholarly library. A classical feathered nib used for illustrating manuscripts. A program of teaching English to Swiss schoolchildren. The center of a local administrative region in Roman Britain. Or a Roman term for the lands under their control that ranged from Britain to Switzerland. Those are the definitions for Anglo-Helvetium. You guys need to pick out the real one. So, uh, let's start with Glenn again. Glenn, which one of those is Anglo-Helvetium? I've been to Switzerland, but they didn't use that term there. Uh... <laughs> Not around was you. A statine? Can you read the statine clue again? A proposed name for the chemical element. I've always pronounced it astatine, so I'm going to keep on doing it. It might be a statine, though. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'm going with that one. Okay. Anthony. Uh, well, uh, I'm immediately throwing a spanner in the works of the whole spreading the uh, spreading out thing because I actually do think that that could be it. So I had already decided to go for that. So I'm going to double up with Glenn. A likely story. <laughs> way, to, way to throw him off. Uh, you've earned that $20 I gave you before the game. <laughs> Jason. 
one of my possible fake definitions was going to be uh, a, a chemical element uh, propo- or discovered by English and Swiss scientists. So I'm going to go. I with, almost said that as well. <laughs> I'm going to go with the astatine. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tiff, what is Anglo Helvetium? What was the first definition? An iron rod used as a lever in coal mining. Could have a coal mining Lego set over there, so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's no such thing as a coal mining Lego set. Oh, but I'm if sure there, there was. Is. We would probably have it. Sold to Portugal. Little black lung uh, piece <laughs> put in. Yes. Their little yellow Lego faces are all soot covered. Yeah. I'm also going to go with the chemical. Oh no! (laughs) Wow, danger! Double down, triple down. Erica, what do you think? You know, my first thought was the chemical one, but now I'm thinking maybe that was Glenn's, and he's just trying to fake us out. So he's he's been known to do that. If so, he has won the game already. He's already won at this point. Might as well pile on. Maybe we should just all go for. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm going to be different. I'm going to go for the feathered nib. I don't think it's right either, but I like feathers and nibs. Hope, Hope is the thing with feathers. How tasty are they? And Brian. What think you, Brian? Uh, I don't think. <laughs> I'm going to the very last one, uh, the region of England and Switzerland. Those Romans. Okay. Those Roman answers were pretty good, too. I thought about those, too. Yep. All righty, then. So uh, let's start with that one. Brian thought that Anglo-Helvetium was the Roman term for the lands under their control that ranged from Britain to Switzerland. That was, in fact, Glenn Fleischman's answer. One point for Glenn. Uh, no, you're, so I was wrong no, about I, fate him uh, out. Uh, Erica thought that uh, Anglo-Helvetium was a classical feathered nib used for illustrating manuscripts. Actually, she really thought it was the other one, but she didn't feel like joining on with the others. So yep. she gave a point to Tiff instead. Thanks. I knew it. You're welcome. Four, count them, four of you, oh Glenn, Anthony, Jason, and Tiff, Terrifying. thought <laughs> that <laughs> Anglo-Helvetium was a proposed name for the chemical element astatine. Either Glenn or I am going to win right now. Mm. If it's the real answer, uh, Glenn wins. If it's not, I win. Wow. How many points does Glenn have? Uh, oh, so it'll, it'll be, he's it'll got be 16 now right? after that wow. one point. Oh, wow. There's the moment of truth. 12. Hey, Steve, what's the correct definition for Anglo-Helvetium? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked me that. Anglo-Helvetium is a proposed name for the chemical element oh. astatine. Glenn Fleischman wow. has won oh low God. definition in uh, round seven. Wow, Glenn, good job. Yay! This is, this is the seventh greatest moment of my life. Thank you. <laughs> wow. What were one through six, Glenn? Glenn, have uh, you no, ever, have you ever won a game show before? This is the first time. The, my <laughs> number one moment was winning when I was a kid. I won a uh, uh, one of those um, spy. What were, th- were the things you... Uh, the wheels you'd put into a projector and you'd push a button and you could look through it and see stereo. Viewfinder projector. It was great. Wow. Well, I, so that that was number one. What's number, number two? <laughs> Birth of children. Birth <laughs> of children. Right after Viewmaster projector. That's Less actually a pretty good ranking, children. I think. Perfectly reasonable. Oh, they're smaller, too. So uh, after seven rounds, we have a winner in Glenn Fleischman with 18 points. Oh good job, God. Glenn. Woohoo! In second place, amazingly, it's me with 12. Wow, good yeah. job, me. In third place with 10 points, it's Jason Snell. Oh. Uh, in fourth with nine, Tiffany Arment. In fifth with eight, Eric Ensign. In sixth with five points, Anthony Johnston. Bringing up the rear, but we love him anyway. Four points for Brian Hamilton. Remember when I was in first place for the first round? 
That was a good round. No, I don't. Successfully heading off another dumb round. Glenn has won. Good job, Glenn. So uh, that's low definition. I want to thank my players. Thank you, Glenn, Anthony, Jason, Tiff, Erica, and Brian. Um, Folks, if you have enjoyed this show and you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at lowdefgs. Uh, The GS stands for Ganja Smoker. Why not? <laughs> wow. You can, you can also email us at lowdefgs <laughs> at theincomparable.com. Uh, so until next time, I am Steve Lutz. This has been Low Definition. You will have been our listeners. We was our going to will be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, until then, um, Kerpel. Kerpel to you, I guess. Take my Kerpel and ride on home. <laughs> right. See you around the field. <laughs> to greet my Ucalagon. On your lawnmower. Hey now, this is a family show. Anyway, goodbye.